0: Man, thanks for being here. Whether you're with us in our facility or uh, joining us as we redeem some technology today, we're very grateful that you would choose to spend uh, these moments with us, uh, and uh, we're thankful. Over the past several weeks, we've been in a series where we've been taking a closer look at uh, messes in our lives and seasons where there are challenges and how do we how do we grow in those times? How do, we, how do we find the Lord's presence in the middle of even some of the challenging seasons and times of life? And uh, so we're gonna continue that, actually bring conclusion to that series today. But as we're getting started, I, I've got a problem I need to share with you about. It's, it's actually, it's a honeydew problem. It's a honeydew list problem. And here's what happens. My wife, her name is Beth, and anytime that she has a honeydew item to put on my list, I classically overestimate my ability to get it done. And I also classically underestimate how long it's gonna take to get it done. And I'm probably thinking I'm not the only one that has that happen, which then translates into this uncanny, uncompleted honeydew items all around the house. Lots of things started, uh, but not completed. And they're kind of all over, and honestly, I just have to tell you, I'm a little embarrassed about that, that, that you, you know, there's these jobs that, that don't get done. And I was thinking about that this week, because then what happens is, we have this amazing ability to just adjust our standard and deal with things that aren't done yet. Does that happen in your house, too? And uh, you know, then you, you have folks over, and you just quickly put the tools away that have been laying in that one spot for a while. And uh, you're just like, hopefully, it looks okay, right? It looks all right. We can, you know, get by. And and although it's not completed, um, it it's it's just kind of there, kind of a little bit like life, wouldn't you say? I think it happens most often in our lives spiritually because the Lord speaks to you about something. And he gets your attention in a moment and puts it on the to-do list, so to speak, and you know that's an area that you need to address. You know it's something that you need to work on. And you might take a couple of steps. You might do a few things to, to see some progress made, and then, much like the honey-do list in Doug's house, you kind of begin to ignore it, and next thing you know, you're, you're growing in familiarity of what God told you to be working on that needed to change. And then it just becomes part of the standard way that we live, and Uh, If we're honest with each other, most of these messes, they've been messy for a long time in us. And there's things that God is wanting to do. And what I've noticed is then the internal mess very quickly becomes an external mess. And then we start trying to deal with the symptoms instead of dealing with the real problem, right? And so as we wrap up this series, I think this is an important weekend for us. Because what I want to see is a shift that takes place in Doug and a shift that takes place in you when, we, when we're facing these difficult times, when we're facing circumstances that can be overwhelming and, and, and difficult. So we, we oftentimes settle for just doing okay. And I would venture to guess that even as I've started to unpack this a little bit, you can very quickly connect with something that you know that the Lord has spoken to you about an area of your life that you know you need to address and maybe have pushed to the back burner and kind of ignored. There was a season, perhaps, where you took some steps, but now it hasn't been. And so this whole idea of being a Christ follower, you need to know this, it's not so much about avoiding a mess, but rather it's about becoming something. It's about becoming something. And if we miss this, then you see we dumb this whole thing down to just living with the goal of avoiding a mess or looking okay. looking okay enough just staying out of trouble and that's like that's kind of an old testament way of approaching this journey of faith because that's not what it's about at all so let me do my best to to try and illustrate this ladies i want you to imagine that you went on a date with a guy and it seemed to go well starting to break the ice and there's some conversation it went well enough that you were okay to go on a second date and during this second date you kind of Decided you were gonna ask some questions that would take it kind of to the next level and, and you just asked them, just say, hey, would you just summarize some goals that you might have for your life? You know, what, what do you got planned? Huh. Well, I wanna not lose my job again and I, uh, I definitely don't wanna get another DUI and I don't wanna get another girl pregnant, right? <laughs> well, what would you do? What would you do, ladies? What would you do? Okay, okay, I don't think we felt it enough. Let's, let's back up for a second here. For those of you, raise your hand if you have a daughter. Raise your hand if you have a daughter. Okay, let's say your daughter, guys, uh, brings a guy to the house and she's still upstairs getting ready, which provides for you a couple of minutes to just connect with them and you ask the same question to the dude and you're like, hey man, uh, it's just nice to meet you. I'm just wondering, son, what do you see in your future? And he says the same three things. Well, Mr. Miller, um, I don't wanna lose my current job and I uh, definitely don't wanna get another DUI and I don't want to get another girl pregnant. How do we handle that situation in that moment? I'm calling my three sons in on the hop, and we're gonna escort that punk right out the door, right? Because there has to be more than just avoiding a problem, right? There has to be more than just kind of addressing some of these things in this way, but see, the problem is in, in reality, this is how many of us approach our relationship with God. We talk about our values a lot around here. And my fear in this value that I'm talking about today <clears throat> is that we could misunderstand it. And so, this is where we're going today. We talk about this a lot. We are people in process, we're people in process. But then we unpack that some more by saying, It's okay to not be okay. God meets us in our mess. And then we forget the next line but he loves us too much to leave us there. So, we're all people in process. That means that we're moving forward, that there's something happening, there's progress being made, and it's okay to not be okay. We want this to be a safe place for it to be that way. God is gonna meet us in the middle of our mess. But you must remember that He loves us too much to leave us there. So He's always at work in your life. And as we've been talking about messes, what you need to see and understand is that God will use the messes to do something in you if we'll pay attention. The problem is, all too often, we get our attention focused on the mess instead of what God is doing. So the good news is that God loves us so much that he would not leave us that way. So our main thought for this weekend is this. Focus on Jesus' work in me rather than just fixing my messes. Contrary to popular opinion, Christ following is not about messing up over and over and over again and keeping to ask forgiveness over and over and over again. That's not good theology. That's country music. That's what that is, right? Right? Because I heard Jesus, he drank wine and I bet we'd get along just fine. He could calm a storm and heal the blind and I bet he'd understand a heart like mine, right? Or we talked about God's grace and all the hell we raised and then I heard the old man say, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. Listen, if we're not careful, our approach to faith seems a whole lot like that, that young man that we were talking about as we got started today. We dumb this down to following Jesus being something like just stay out of trouble. Stay out of trouble. And if you do get in trouble, God's gonna let me off the hook. There has to be more than this. And so if we live that way, you're eventually gonna reach the conclusion that there's not much to this Jesus following thing. And that's wrong. There really is. As a Christ follower, listen, it's not about avoiding a mess. It's about becoming something. God's doing something in us. So we need to focus on Jesus' work in me rather than just fixing my messes. So if you have your Bibles or your smartphones, whether you're here or following along with us at home, I want you to turn to Philippians chapter one. Philippians chapter one is a letter that the apostle Paul wrote to a church that he uh, got started in a church called Philippi. This was actually the first church started in Europe. And so Paul is writing this letter to help keep them on track and to keep encouraging them in their faith and to keep them um, heading in the direction that they need to head. And, and I want to start uh, today in verse three, Philippians chapter one, verse three, Paul says it this way. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. I don't know um, if this happens to you, but oftentimes I'm always trying to find myself in scripture when I read it. And this particular beginning to, to this letter is something that I resonate with. And here's, here's, here's why I resonate with that. Um, oftentimes when I have read Paul's letters and I see his prayers and the things that he says, I'll write them in my journal and I'll go back and pray these things. I'll pray his prayers, but I, pr- I pray them over myself and I pray them over you. And when I read these words that, that Paul said, this is the way that I feel about you. This is the way that I feel about our church. You are our church. That when I think of you, I give thanks to God for you. Why? Because we're partners in this faith journey together. So if you're here today or you're worshiping with us online, you need to know something. That what we're experiencing together is not because there are, are some people that stepped across the line of faith and are just trying to avoid messes. That is not it. See, we're on mission together, and it looks very different. You see, we step across the line of faith, and then we believe, as we experience and know that God can change our life, that he's also calling us to be part of life change in other people. That's why we're here today. That's what this is about, and it's so encouraging and fun for us to to see the Apostle Paul connecting with this reality. It's about changed lives, not mess-free lives. God is on the move, and it's more than good behavior. So this foundational verse for us today is Philippians chapter one, verse six. And I want you to see this. Listen to what Paul says. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, and I wanna stop there. Because when you said yes to Jesus, if you're in this room and you said yes to Jesus and you've stepped across the line of faith, God is doing a good work in you. And you know who can stop that good work from happening? Will you just raise your hand? You can, and we do, but Paul says that there is a God who began a good work within you, and throughout the New Testament, we're reminded that God is up to something in us, something that starts on the inside and then should be seen on the outside. Following Jesus is an inside-out deal. And this is so much more than mess management, and that's why my challenge for you as we finish this series, as you head into this week, is that you would focus on Jesus' work in me rather than fixing my messes. God's starting something in us together, in me, in you. He started something. God sent his son to provide an opportunity for the transformation of our hearts and our minds, and I want to talk about how that happens today from this passage of scripture. So let's look at verse six again. And I am certain, Paul said, that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Someone needs to be reminded, no matter young, how young or how old you are, God's not done with you yet. He's not done. Uh, This is is an eternal thing (laughs) and it's gonna keep going. That means it's gonna go for a minute, right? A lot of minutes. And he's not trying to keep you from something, he's working to mold us into something. God started something and he wants to finish it in you and in me. My mom used to, um, before she passed, she, she loved Warren Wearsby, some of you maybe have heard that name, he's a pastor and an author. Wrote a ton of books and, and he uh, unpacks lots of these uh, things uh, in his books and he said this idea of this work of God is a threefold work of God. And he described it this way, the work that God does for us, that's our salvation. And the work that God is doing in us, and that is called sanctification. And then the work that God does through us is called our service. And that unpacks this really, really well. So now, it's important for us to now focus in on this prayer that Paul had for the church in Philippi, this first church. In Europe, and, and I want you to see this in verse nine, Philippians one, verse nine, it says this, and this is my prayer, Paul said, that you stay out of trouble and keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> is that what he said? That sounds actually like another country song, doesn't it? <laughs> that is not what he said, but before I show you what he said, it, it is important, it is important for us to think about what we pray about. I want you to think about that for a second. I want you to think about the last prayers, the prayers that you've prayed this last week, maybe. What'd you pray about? because I'm deeply convicted in my life too, that what I pray about reveals a lot about who I am. It reveals a lot about what matters to me, and it also reveals a lot about this, this uh, becoming something that God is doing in us. So think about your prayers. What did you pray this week? I pray that you'd have a good day? Is that what this is ultimately about? Oh, Lord, I pray that you protect some people around me, protect me which is a good prayer, it's a good prayer, we want protection, but it has to be more than that. Wouldn't you agree? You pray for someone who is sick to be healthy. Some of you just finished finals week. You you prayed that you'd pass, right? That's important. But what is it that you pray about? Lord, be with my kids. Of course we pray that prayer. but, But what is it that you really pray about? What are the things that motivate you to talk to the creator of the universe? I want you to think about that this week. I wonder if you're praying bold enough prayers. As a matter of fact, I wonder if part of the reason why we have such an uninspiring faith sometimes is because we're not praying the way we should. Have you thought about that? So let's learn how to pray about listening to what Paul actually prays about because this is gonna reveal something to us. And as a matter of fact, before I do, this is your homework. I want you this week to take some time to fight for some space, some quietness with the Lord, which I know is hard to do, And I want you to personalize this prayer from Philippians chapter one, verses nine and 10. I want you to take Paul's words in his prayer and make it your prayer. That's your homework this week. So let's take a look at what he said. He said this in Philippians chapter one, verse nine. I pray that your love will overflow more and more. So let's stop right there for a second and look at those word that word overflow. In the NIV it says abound. So there's something about this love that's growing inside of us. This is just what we talked about, right? When God's doing a work in us, it should spill over into what's happening around us, right? And that's what Paul is saying. So this prayer is beautiful. He says to this church, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. Do you ever wonder if maybe part of the reason why we're so uninspiring to the world around us is because we're not praying these kind of prayers? Listen to what he says here. He continues in verse nine. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Whew, what a prayer. Now, but I need you to know that this is not just knowledge for knowledge's sake because that's just about being smarter. There are a lot of people that are very smart about what this book says and are still jerks. Would you agree? Why? Because it's just about knowledge for knowledge's sake. It's not about the work that God wants to do in you. You see, it's not enough just to know what this says. We have to take it, and we need to apply it to our lives, and we need to allow it to change us. So we need to grow in our understanding of, of God's love and this work that he's doing in us, that this knowledge would grow and it would grow and our understanding would grow and that would become the catalyst for change. And that happens when we focus on Jesus' work in me rather than just fixing my messes. So Paul talks about this love a lot and, and this, the need for the understanding of and for our expression of God's love to grow in us often. He talks about that in many of the letters that he writes to these churches uh, that he helped get started. And so I wanna read to you. It's gonna be on the screen. We can read it together. I want you to read with me what he wrote to the Ephesian church in, or, uh, in, in uh, Ephesians chapter three, verses 17 and 19. This is what he wrote. Then Christ, now watch, what happens? Then Christ, you step across the line of faith. He's gonna make his home in your heart as you trust in him. And your roots will grow down into God's love. And look what happens. It begins to change you because God's doing a work in you. And it will keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep His love of love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then look what happens again. God is doing something. He's creating something in you. He's moving you to be different than you are today. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Now, but see, here's the problem. When life gets a little messy, we tend to focus on the mess. Instead of, and that's a symptom oftentimes of a bigger problem, instead of focusing in and asking God to reveal to you what it is that he's working on you in. So this is for someone here today. You're facing an extraordinarily difficult season of your life. And it stinks. And your heart hurts. And you desperately want this to be over and you're doing everything you can to mitigate this mess, be careful. Because you might be missing the opportunity for God to use that mess to help you to become the man or woman that God wants you to be. And so in addition to praying this prayer of Paul's, maybe, maybe we should also ask first, God, are you trying to do something in me? Because when our focus is on the mess, which again, I believe with all of my heart is one of the greatest tricks of the enemy, when God is gonna use a circumstance to grow us, he wants us to be so, fo- the enemy does, to be so focused on the mess that we're missing what God's doing right here. So pay close attention to this. It's gonna take all eternity to fully know this love that Paul's talking about. God's love will continue to be known more and more, and God's good work continues in me, in your life, and in my life. Okay, let's look at Verse 10. Philippians chapter one, uh, let's start at verse nine again and read it again. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Now look at verse 10. For I want you to understand what really matters. Wow, that's deep. So that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. So we're gonna grow in our knowledge and our understanding and God's love is gonna overflow more and more and this is what we're talking about, right? Right? When God is doing this work in us, in you and me, then all of a sudden it begins to impact what's happening outside, in our external lives as well. The idea here is that there's always gonna be room to grow. We're never done, we're never done. We should be lifelong learners. So we need to keep our focus in this. And following Jesus is not just about doing what's right because right for right's sake, listen, that's the Old Testament way of living and Jesus came to change that. Came to change that, <clears throat> and we're, if we're not careful, see, then we, we, we kind of dumb down this whole following Jesus thing to be uh, about not messing up or mitigating the mess in our lives, which centers on us, and we all do this. I do that um, sometimes, and what happens when we do that is that is a very selfish way for us to live, and we, God's not calling us to live that way. God's calling us to pay close attention to what's happening in us, and and that's important. We we want to make sure that if we see if you if this is a subtle way for to live for us to live self-centered, for us to just be focused on the mess around us. And 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 I promise you if you head down that road, you're going to live selfishly and when we live selfishly, that's another mess altogether. And we don't want it to be that way. So to someone here today listen to me, to move beyond the current mess that you're in. And then for for those that are in a a good season of life where you'd say it's not too messy right now, to mitigate the possibility of the mess that's coming or could be coming or could be looming, what we need to do is let God do this work in us. That's what we need to do. We need to let him do this work in us. Join God in the work that he's doing in you. Focus on Jesus' work in me rather than just fixing my messes. If you want to avoid a mess, but you're you're gonna need to pursue something better. What do you pursue? Paul said it in verse six, and I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So as we are getting close to wrapping up this message series, I wanna remind you that God is doing a work in you. God is doing a work in you. And I want you to pay attention to that this week. And one of the ways that I want you to pay attention to that, I mean, do you like the promises of God? Do you know some of those promises of if you grew up in the home that I did, my mom and dad had those promises hanging on the wall. There were bookmarks and, and there were cross stitches with the promises of God hanging up all over the place. And, man, you know, they, they make their way into your head, don't they? They make their way into your head, and it's a, it's a powerful thing to have those things there. Um, if we're going to focus on Jesus' work in me, um, I wonder you see, knowledge for knowledge's sake is not enough, is it? <clears throat> you can have a cerebral or an intellectual understanding of God's promises and miss them completely. So as we're wrapping up this series on dealing with messy times in our lives, let me challenge you to think differently. You see, to know Matthew chapter 19 that says, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Do you know what you have to have experienced? Some things that felt like impossibilities. That's how you really get it. That's how it goes from a plaque on the wall to the foundation that I can build my life on. That's where it changes from a cute phrase or a good idea to truth that I live by. Taylor talked earlier today about Psalm chapter 34 that says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Friends, listen to me, how do you really know that? I mean know that, you know how you know that? When you've experienced it, when you've walked through season where you've had a broken heart or a crushed spirit and you've seen God's faithfulness and know that he is near? How do you know that Proverbs 3 is true where it says trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding? How do you really get that? You have to have your back backed up against the wall and you need to be in a place where you say, man, I don't know if I've got what it takes I don't know if I can figure this one out. And in that moment, God's truth and his promise is faithful. And all of a sudden you begin to learn that's not just a good idea and a cute phrase. That is the reality that I can live my life by. So today, if you're walking through a difficulty and you're facing a messy season, a challenging season of life, ask the question, God, what are you doing in me? What are you wanting me to capture and know, not in my mind, but in my heart and my soul? Isaiah 40 says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. How do you really know that? You have to be been in a place where you've lost hope, where you feel so whooped and worn out and weak. And then God meets you in the middle of the mess of that. And you see that his word is true. In Hebrews 13, it says that God, he told us that never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. How do you really know that? You walk through a season where you feel like he missed, he missed the details of your life, where you felt abandoned. And then you experience him showing up in a real way. For somebody right now, it's this moment It's this moment. And when you know that in your heart, all of a sudden your mess will look different, he promises you that he will never leave you or abandon you. In Matthew chapter 11, it says that God, God's Jesus, he promises us this. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is for somebody Somebody today is weary and weighed down by life in the mess. He promises this to you, that he will give you rest. He will give you rest. So you see, when we allow our focus to not so much be on the mess, but on what God is doing in us, see then things begin to look different. So Paul says, and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So can I beg you today? Get your focus off the mess. This week, pray Paul's prayer and spend some time, instead of your focus being 100% on the messy circumstance or situation, spend some time, create some space, make some room for the Lord, and ask him, God, are you Are you trying to do something in me? What are you trying to do? What is the lesson that I need to learn? And find yourself in the stillness of that moment, praying Paul's prayer and knowing with great certainty God is at work in you. Will you bow your heads for just a moment? Father, I want to pray over my friends what Paul prayed over his church So today, for everyone that can hear my voice, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Lord, I pray that you will help my friends to understand what really matters so that out of the overflow of that, they would live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Lord, I know that someone that is listening to this today is walking through an incredibly difficult season of life. And we need to be reminded in this moment that you're right there with them. And Lord, they're weary, their hearts are heavy, their minds are racing, and it's hard to get good rest. We just want it to stop, we want it all to be over. But Lord, what we want in this moment is for our attention to not so much beyond the mess, but on the work that you're doing in us. And in spite of the difficulties that we're facing, we need to see that God God is trying to create us into being something different than we are today. And as we learn to trust in your promises because we've experienced them, Lord, our lives look different today. So these promises that just a few of the many that that we reviewed over today are are real. And we need to understand them not just intellectually, but we need to build our lives on these truths because we know we can count on you. So Lord, thank you for being faithful. Will you help us to not circumvent the process of you doing a work in us? Will you help us to pray bold prayers? will you help us to be sensitive to the work of the Spirit in our lives? Will you stand to your feet? Will you help us this week to be in a place where we are fighting for some space where we can make some room for you? And Lord, I know in those moments that you're gonna speak to us and you're gonna challenge us and you're gonna comfort us and you're gonna help our focus to be in the right place. So Father, right now in this moment, as we're preparing to worship together with this last song, Will you continue the work that you're started in us? Those areas of our lives that we've kind of gotten used to and ignored that you've been speaking to us about in this moment, as we make room for you, Lord, will you draw us back to a place of intentionality, allowing the work of God to be completed in us? We need you, Lord. Help this to be a week where that happens.